0: And I'd like to call the Economic Development Subcommittee meeting for September 6th to order, time being 5.35. Um, a note to residents, all citizens are welcome to attend the public board and committee meetings in person. Meetings are also live streamed and archived by Franklin TV and on Franklin Town Hall TV YouTube channel. Meetings are also shown live and on repeat on Comcast Channel 9 and Verizon Channel 29. In an effort to maximize citizen engagement opportunities, citizens are welcome to continue to participate remotely via phone or Zoom. Um, the URL for the meeting is on the agenda on the town website. The phone number is 1-929-205-6099. Enter the meeting ID number, eight five seven seven five six eight nine zero three. Nope, 9063, I'll do that again. 857 9063 then press the pound button. I'm with me in chambers tonight are Councilor Sheridan, Councilor Jones, and on Zoom is Councilor Frangillo. All right. um, let's jump into the agenda, the proposed sidewalk snow removal bylaw and map. Um, let's, uh, we talked about this, a little bit before, and so this is an update from our conversation, I think, Jamie, but I'm gonna give it to Jamie to yep. take it away.
1: Thank you, Madam Chair, um, and welcome to the EDC and our audience member. Um, it's great to have somebody here um, who's interested in this. Um, so, um, just for the background of what's here in the packet, there are two things. One, there is a map um, which shows, and Brutus will go in a little more detail in a second, which shows uh, essentially um, in pink the areas um, that would be responsible um, for snow clearing of the sidewalks out in front of their properties. So it's called the snow sidewalk snow removal by property owner map. This is the same type of map we did for downtown parking and we've been doing these for other areas in the, in the town code because Madam Chair, I know you and I agree We've spoken many times about this. People really do relate and understand maps a lot more. Sometimes, oftentimes, it works. Well, I love maps. The, so. <laughs> and you can contrast the map with the words. Because we also have in here a revised bylaw that um, Amy, in fact, worked with the town attorney on. Um, and uh, ever since the bylaw that the town originally had on the books was uh, enacted and then repealed, um, laws have changed on all these matters. And uh, there was a great little toolkit, I think, from MAPC that had done sample bylaws in (coughs) numerous municipalities in the area, and so um, uh, essentially we have to make some additional definitions in here about the width of the sidewalks and there's some other requirements. So the bylaw before everybody uh, this evening Uh, Is a modernized bylaw that fits um, the town of Franklin's code, uh, but does it in a way um, that also conforms to state law. I will say there's really nothing in here earth shattering or gotcha. Um, It's just that we need to consider like um, ice coming off of awnings or signs, roofs, things of that sort. We needed to define in here the width of the sidewalks, which is 36. Uh, inches three feet which is 88 Um most of this is pretty routine and understandable it's just that um, the law now requires the town to have all of this additional language basically on the books I just want to note the most substantive difference other than the additional legal garbly is really the fact that the staff are proposing a $50 per violation fine okay the previous town code was $25, right. Right. and the reason why is we found from talking to some other communities too, if you do an incremental fine, you have to then you have to then enforce it tracking. It.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's a lot more work on our staff to say, oh, one Main Street in December got a $25 ticket, and then one Main Street again in March, and then what about if it's the sec- third violation happens a whole another year or two later? And so uh, we're proposing in here to have just a $50 per violation fine, which makes it easy for enforcement because if if somebody has not done this appropriately, then they can be fined. As we have disclosed many times before, um, you know Brutus can speak to this in terms of um, fines from the water department or sewer department, we traditionally do a lot of education before we do fines. We don't actually write a lot of tickets. Uh, the police may do some. Brutus, I can't think of how many tickets the DPW actually finds. Very, very two. Two? Is that the Tw- water? Yep. Water? Probably, oh, one snow removal. Oh, snow, I never have. Snow removal, never happen. Right. Um, and so the bylaws in here, and I think, um, I think, uh, hopefully, folks are comfortable with the language. On the map up here, again, everything's in pink. Brutus will go through it a little bit, but this is based off the discussion. Um, at the last EDC meeting and then there were little streets in here like on K Street (laughs) That we didn't discuss But (coughs) every other road around K Street in the middle between uh, Emmons and Dean we added K Street in to make it consistent and contiguous around that So, um, Other than that madam chair um, unless Brutus has a lot to add Um, The map is the map. Brutus, first, madam chair? Uh, Yeah, go to Brutus.
3: Uh, Thank you madam chair. Thank you Jamie. Um, yeah this is the conversation we had last time and we tried to put together um, me and um, Jamie Kate and Amy talked about it and we thought a lot of this made sense it's not you know it's obviously discretion of few you know the extent of the road is what we want to do but uh, it made sense to us we looked at it as a, a as a feasibility study we looked at it as you know the, the number of commercial properties and then additionally the obviously 140 the high speed and we also looked at the um, the uh, commuter. I think that was one of the big things, the folks walking, yeah. so it makes sense. Um, going through the discussion of the bylaw, like, real briefly, I was, uh, Amy, I, I was away and I came back, she did a great job on this, and it brought up a lot of things that I, I, I just encounter. that, you know, I guess to say, you know, if this passes, most people aren't going to do it as far as the enforcement goes. You know, there will always be a couple people that don't. So this is kind of fair, and as Jamie says, we do a lot of public education. Maybe some people say they don't, or they will, or maybe neighbor helps out, but it's, just, it's getting that word out there that we're gonna start doing that. And then additionally, what I always have to deal with, which I think this does a great job, is it's, we could have a storm on a Tuesday, it gets cleared, and it warms and cools like we do, and it's, it's the ice. You guys know, people always know the snow, but they're always worried about the ice afterwards, and that's where are salt things. This is a similar type thing that the, the, the folks would be aware that there's still a need to maintain it, whether it's coming off auditing, dripping off their building, or just, you know, pooling up. So, um, you know, got to throw a little salt on it. So, uh, um, yeah, we talked about the bio, I think it's pretty good. Except the one part that says, my discretion of public works director, I think that should be Jamie's job. So, <laughs> he, he, I, not, I, don't he like it. I don't like being the police force. I <laughs> know you don't, know. I know you
0: don't. Know. Yeah, and I, I can understand that so. it's like, you're a service person. You're not the police force, right?
3: Yeah, and I think you know. I you know we, we we put in the 12-hour thing, but I think everybody knows that the storm's longer. You know, it's not. We're not jumping at the end of the storm to go and I'm not looking to take a people of the police car or anything like that. We just want to get our roads cleared. Depends on the duration and everything <coughs> else. It's practicality, but I know by statute we have to put something out.
1: Yeah, I think uh, through your chair really quickly. I think um, you know I wanted Brutus to say that, but. You know, we did agree as a staff, even though the draft when I was the DPW director, when we did follow up with it this week, that everybody felt comfortable with me being in that position. Because ultimately, if there is an unusually large, snow, heavy snowfall, uh, myself and the fire chief are going to make that call townwide anyway, right? So, um, you know, it does make. If 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 the EDC feels comfortable with it being the town administrator, we can switch that out. I'm I'm comfortable with it. Could also, leave it as the DPW director, could also leave it as the fire
3: chief. Or okay. we could, you know, we could do like there's a lot um, that says at the discretion of the public works director and the police chief. That's okay. the ones we have a lot that go on there, so it's just something to do. And I don't think I think we're trying to say is no one, none of us are trying to power trip, <laughs> just, uh, we're just trying to do the right thing. You're trying to like get rid of it, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, are there any, um, uh, Kobe has a stand up. So we're gonna to go to Kobe on
4: Zoom. Just clarifying on, on that last point, are you talking about uh, the idea of extending the timeline that you don't want that uh, responsibility? I uh, I think it's that
0: it's number one forty seven four the penalties is what how no. I understood it. No? Um, no, it's one forty seven one. Okay. I mean, um Kobe, so you are good correct.
1: thing you, good thing you said something, Kobe. <laughs> Kobe, you are correct. In the in the uh, event of an unusually high snowfall, which can happen over two days, the current bylaw says DPW director makes that call. But I think what Brutus is asking Mm -hmm. is for the EDC to change that to the town administrator, uh, because I'd be making that call in an unusually heavy snowstorm anyway.
4: Correct. Because right. So so I think he's probably correct. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess you guys would know better than us. It, it did strike me. I, I just assumed the DW, director would be the most on top of Snowstorm. Oh, um, I am. Yeah. lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: sure. Well, I think there's there's a storm, like, group of people that get together, right? You guys discuss this all the time, like the yeah. you and the chief and probably Brutus. Super the Management tools. Team. Yeah, it's a pretty okay. extensive group. It's...
1: Like 10 or 12 of us. Yeah, and National Grid is included in that. Eversource, like everybody, Dean College, like we have an emergency management team. Um, and the fire chief and I do run that group. So um, it, makes, it makes most sense to probably have the town
0: administrator make that call.
1: Because this is, again, an unusually heavy snowfall, right?
0: <laughs> Which we'll never have ever again. Which we may Is never have ever again. Uh, I think you will. <laughs> you say
1: that now. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, okay. okay. So
1: we're, we're comfortable with that. And we can make that tweak if, if the EDC feels comfortable with the language in the map and we move this on to the council, we can make that tweak before it gets to the council. Okay.
0: Well, I'm okay with it. Um,
3: Councilor Sheridan? Yeah, this there's a, there's a question about you. So, what exactly call would you make now? I'm just trying to clarify. What call would we make now? Yeah.
1: Um, Fortunately, we haven't had to do much, but you would basically call, um, basically, what I would do is if we're going to get more than 12 hours of consistent snow and, you know, I'm hypothesizing here, but like say it was 24 hours of heavy snow and we were going to see two and a half feet, I would extend that hour from the requirement being 12 hours minimum to clear up your sidewalk and I would say, I'm making this up. I would say 48 hours, we're expecting all the public downtown to, on those streets to have their sidewalks clear. And we would. I would consult with the DPW. To Kobe's point, I would end up consulting with the fire chief, police chief, the DPW director. We're probably also in that situation getting directive from the governor It's probably an active state of emergency mm-hmm. in, that size, in that kind of scope of a snowstorm. Interestingly enough, most towns have that as a 12-hour requirement. Uh, so. Oh, wait, what, what, what do you do now? Is you make now? that you think the calling is now? What would you do now before this law? You would, well, we don't have a call right. on, on removal of sidewalk, yeah. we don't have anything right. now, so we wouldn't call anything because we wouldn't okay. call for people to do anything. But if there was a state of emergency enacted by the governor, we would follow those directions. Okay. If we had a massive power outage, or if we had widespread claims, we may open a facility. It okay. just depends on yeah. it. We would maybe open a facility for a warming shelter. Okay. We may have to provide water or food. I mean, those yeah. are extenuating circumstances, okay. right? But, yeah. Yeah, but it, would, it would basically be following. And that kind of a storm, the governor's going to call a state of emergency to clear the roads and keep them completely clear, right? right? right. So we would just be following their
3: directive. And okay. ma'am. Do you have anything to yeah, add? Yeah, you know, if it gets, I think what Jamie's trying to say, and I can just tell you practicality, if the storms are that bad, like everybody knows that right. This is like the last thing we're doing. This is going to look out the window, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and that's not the one that's gonna, because every, and I always say it when, when we have a big storm, say you have 12 inches, everybody understands that. They, they know it's taking us a little longer to do everything that we do. It's when people get really cranky when it's three to five inches, right. they want it done now, we'll get it done now. And But you know, these big storms, they don't happen that often, knock on wood. So, everybody's kind of been all together. They know, gee, my sidewalk's not that full. Well, no no kidding. Because we've been plowing for 72 hours and they get it. So, I think it's just small stuff. So, we just have this on the book. So, yeah.
0: Okay. You're all set. Yeah. Councilor, Sheridan, Councilor Jones? Now yeah. we're going to go to Kobe. He's on, on Zoom after you. He can go, he can go if he wants. No, go ahead. Um, all right. A couple quick
5: questions. Uh, I believe it was about six, six months, six some odd years ago that we did away with the previous uh, snow removal by law. Um, all of the all of the areas highlighted on this map, um, those sidewalks are public way, correct? Point. Okay. okay. So there are no private property owners that own any stretch of that
3: area? Okay. No, no. So how is it uh, legally viable uh, for us? Excuse me. To- I want to make sure I'm understanding correctly. Yeah, you asked me yeah. if any of these sidewalks yeah. are on private property. Yeah. No, they are not. Okay. But then you said, "However, the not commercial. Some of these might be private homeowners, not commercial."
5: Okay, that's sure. true. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are all public ways, and they're yes. requiring private property owners who don't own the sidewalks to shovel. And we could be talking about anyone from the age of 22 to, to 90. Yep. <clears throat> okay. And if they don't do it, we're going to find them $25. Yep. Even though it's something they don't know. Decided. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Well, I think it's going to be 50.
0: It could be 50. Or 50, yeah.
5: Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We. How do we even possibly have the legal right to enforce private property owners to clean public ways? This is, this is a. I have an issue with this because if, if there is a lawsuit and somebody gets hurt, let alone the person who even owns the property gets hurt shoveling a public way, we could get sued.
1: I don't know.
0: Um, Jamie.
1: Incorrect. So, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of cities and towns in Massachusetts have similar bylaws to this on the books. Um, It's part of town code. um, And don't forget, people can't just sue us for an immaculate amount of money without any real due liability. In fact, this actually does the inverse and protects the community, because there's a clear legal bylaw on the books that people are to follow. And so if someone slips and falls today without a bylaw, they could, they could take action against us, but they can only really sue us at a certain level. And to be honest with you, on a public sidewalk, saying that public liability is 100% on a municipality and there's no other liability is a very, very high bar to do. Think of it like roadways. Same thing with roadways. If you have a pothole, there's a state statute that says if the town people know and documented a pothole and they didn't fill it, OK? for like weeks on end, and someone hits it and destroys the rotor, the town could be liable for that. If the town did not know about the pothole, which yes. is usually the case, we get a call somebody hit or saw one, and we go out and fill it. Okay. So actually, laws are pretty clear on this stuff. Now people may not agree with that, and that's certainly a fair opinion, but there is no legal liability to the community by asking a private property owner to go out and shovel the Right, but is it the private vehicular's owner's property, the rule and responsibility to fill that hole? And it's the public responsibility. Right. The public. Unless you're on a private way. Right? Yeah. So, the fact is that this
5: opens up a very sticky, legal perspective, as far, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, in regards to putting into a, a bylaw Requiring private property owners to basically claim the public place. I just, I've got an issue with it, let alone even fining them for not having done so. Um, this, I just, I don't like it. I think, I think it, it's, it, it's problematic in many ways. I think also um, we're also looking to hold responsibility, to people who may not actually even have the means to clean these sidewalks effectively, as it's so delineated you know, in this bylaw. And you're talking quite a stretch of road here. You're talking the stretch of the whole town, from one end to the other end of the town, all along Route 140, portions of which aren't even owned by the town, owned by the state. Everything around exit 17, for what you, what you call it now, that state, that state roadway. Um, so I don't know. I, I've got issue with trying to hold private property owners responsible for what is, for all intents and purposes, a public right-of-way. And this is why I've, I voted against this years ago to finally take it off the books, because it opens us up, opens us up to just a plethora of issues. That not, not to say that they will happen. It's just that they could happen, and that's that's where I'm going with this. point. Thank
0: you. Um, we did discuss the adding this all the way down 140 so that people could walk safely to get to places like the train station at the end, like at Forge Park, um, and to get to groceries, because if we want to encourage people to walk, we have to make sure that they can get there safely. I
2: understood.
5: Yeah. I know, I know why. Yeah.
0: Um, but we're going to go to Kobe. He's waiting on Zoom. And then we'll go to Pete, okay?
4: Kobe? Yeah, uh, let's start with a question. Um, how, if at all, does this change DPW's approach to plowing sidewalks?
3: Over, I mean, obviously, if this goes through. It's going to make us uh, more efficient. I mean, I'm still, I still have to grapple with our priorities of, you know, doing the, the roadways, the town buildings, and then the, the, the sidewalks is the third. But um, this would obviously this represents about 25 uh, percent of what. We have to do what we, we're doing now, anyways. So, I mean, knee-jerk reaction. I could have this all the sidewalks done everywhere else around all the schools and everything else twenty-five percent faster. So, but there are, um, it, you know, as, as uh, Council Jones says, there's sections in there that, um, you know, like the town has responsibility. We'd op- we'd obviously still have to uh, do where uh, the state is. You know, we, we, we would do that. So we, we, we tweak it, but we would be better and quicker what we do. And I think that's one of the reasons why this is brought up.
4: Yeah, w- would you still get to uh, those, like Main Street? Like would that still be like
3: gone over by uh, sidewalk clouds? Oh yeah, I mean, I think most of these roads around here, they're still gonna, you know, people are gonna go out there, but we'll probably still go down there afterwards, you know, because you know, 36 inches, but we have to open up even more, depending on what's going on. But you know, don't forget we have extensive. We don't have the, the, the map up here. We have extensive uh, sidewalk planned, you know, already. You know, all the way. To, we're still doing all of Pond Street, you know, all the way down there, all the way down to the schools, you know, what So we we still got a lot to do. But this this was put in to um, uh, you know assist us, make us more efficient, and basically help with the general public. It, it, um, the chairman brought up the one area that has added on here would be basically from uh, Pond Street up to the Bellingham Town Line 140. Um, because that's, we've got a lot of requests for that because of the, what do you call it, the department the complex out there wants to go the train to The right. westerly. The westerly. You know, and that's just, a, it's a good walking area, it's a safe area. So. Uh, okay.
4: Yes. So that's how I, I definitely like would encourage that it remains our practice to uh, double back on all of this. This doesn't mean the town's responsibility we'll to make sure that they're uh, clear. Absolutely work. not. This allows us to uh, spread the priority uh, on the actual map, the only major, sorry, the most major one that stood out, uh, I know that we talked about 140. 140 East, Central, past, really, uh, you, you, you include it where the commercial lands that feels like uh, both harder to uh, it just seems like less reasonable for those uh, landowners and less likely to be useful to anyone uh, meaningfully walking down uh, sidewalks. So if I if I proposed one change it would be to end the pink at uh, gatehouse plane. Uh, you know, where the commercial is. Uh, I am <laughs> looking,
0: looking at, I don't look at uh, it. Kobe, can you describe
4: it a little bit better? Yeah, uh, East Central Street at Gatehouse Lane, uh, where the yellow uh dashes and because that's the end of commercial oh okay. right that's where it, it, we switch from if you can picture that treasure road we switch from you know apartments uh to pretty spread out you know aside from cook's farm but even cook's farm to my knowledge most of them aren't almost no, none of them are walking uh into town certainly people at gatehouse lane uh are uh, I don't, I don't know any further than that. It, it gets to be a lot of like, farm all on all that either properties.
0: So did we, did we add that part on because we discussed last time to do all
4: 140? I'm assuming we added it on because we said all 140. Right. Uh, yeah. But I think it makes sense all 140 the other direction. To me, it doesn't make sense at the random direct, just that, that end stretch okay. is not dense residential. All right, well, that's a small change.
1: Yeah, we can yeah. certainly, if the, if the committee wants to dial that, that part back, we're happy to bring it back as far. I think part of the logic, I think Kobe's right, was just the town line and to generally to Cook's Farm, getting out to the outer edges, but if folks want to pull that back, happy to do it.
0: Okay.
4: Uh, My other map thought uh, was everything from the housing authority into town to the transit we don't have included. I think that's okay uh, as long as I don't know the housing authorities clear snow clearance uh, policy um, either at you know the bulk of it's at, at Central Park Terrace. Uh, but there's, there's also that property on Winter Street. Um, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if it if we're not gonna have them uh, clear because we're, we're saying that that area isn't quite uh, dense enough to reasonably expect them, then I would hope that it becomes one of the town's priorities uh, to clear because um, that's some of our, our lowest income and least likely to own a vehicle uh, areas getting, you know, from your Park Streets down mm-hmm. uh, Winter Street.
3: Not sure. Okay,
0: Kobe, Brutus um, has a, has a response.
3: So, yeah, like, okay. whether well, you say, like, Wachusett Street, you know, that is one of our priorities is the, the DPW still doing just because of proximity to school there. So, and we've even, right. we've even modified our, we've never, since I've been here 18 years, we've never added additional sidewalks, but we've prioritized them. So even like on Wachusett Street, or I could say Pond Street. We might do around the school and do one side of the road, till we get the whole sidewalk done, and then we'll go back and get the other side of the road. But so at least is one yeah. side. So that is a Wachusett is obviously a priority area for us. So that that does get done. Yeah, pack in winter. I think would be
4: Wachusett well, certainly pack in winter also.
3: <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And another thing with this, don't forget, I think when we initially started looking at this, Jamie, way back when, was we tried to identify the areas that had the uh, the uh, high commercial retail areas. Because realistically, and there are some residential folks tied in between that we're looking at, but ideally, you know, I make the statement. Yeah. If you're the stopping shop and you're getting your whole parking lot or big Y done, it's really no big deal for the contract that's doing that to go and clear the sidewalk up for right. So it's not, we just look at it, yep. I think, not that much as a burden on the businesses, for the majority. I can't say that for everyone. Yeah, and it,
4: and, I, and I do think that if you're in, it's essentially we're, we're aligning it with, with zoning, right? We're, it's downtown commercial district, it's C1, um, and yeah, GR5, five. Five, which I do think that, yeah, if you're in the densest uh, residential area, which most of them are gonna be multi-family buildings, so also, um, Contracting uh, that out, Um, but you you know some responsibility. Part of the benefit of living uh, so close to to town um, is, you know, you then have some responsibility to chip in and and do your part there, as do, as you said, dozens of other communities around uh, Massachusetts. I think I think that's all reasonable. Thank you, Councilor Frangel Thank you for your
0: work. Yes. Yes. Right.
4: Um, We
6: go to an audience member. I, should I stand up anywhere? I don't know. Stand up right. to
0: the, go to the microphone. Uh,
6: state your name and address. Uh, Peter Rocher, 50 Cottage Streets. Um, so this is largely to do with Councillor Jones's concerns with it, which I share myself. Um, you, may not, you may not seem it to look at me, but I, I'm a disabled person. Um, my shoulder doesn't work after a car accident. Shoveling snow is brutal for me. In my very small sphere of town, um, both on Main Street My Business and on Cottage Street where I live, there are two cancer patients, two people that I know with upper body disabilities, and a literal one-legged man, and I don't know who is supposed to shuffle snow for them. To have us required to clear these streets off within 12 hours of it happening isn't necessarily <clears throat> feasible for all of us, um, especially after snowplows go through. Like. There's a difficulty and pain I could put my body through to force it to happen, but even when it gets that icy concrete mixture, I may not physically be able to do so, and I don't understand why we put on laws that even us that are trying to do the right thing are unable to follow. Maybe I'm misunderstanding it, but it doesn't seem very feasible for people like myself, and to threaten us with fine, for it seems unreasonable, an unreasonable request. That's that's mostly all. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure I'll get up again and say other things. Thank
0: you, um, Jamie.
6: Through
1: I, I think I think all of us share Pete's concerns, and this is to answer Pete a little bit. We don't. There is no perfect answer. Someone somehow someday has to clear sidewalks for people to move. And I would. We had. Um, Ali Rayum was the another example at the last meeting who was saying we need this for people who have disabilities. And I guess it just matters on maybe what the nexus of the disability is. Maybe different people with different disabilities have different views on these things, and I fully understand and respect that. I wish I had a magic answer for it. I don't. Um, Pete obviously is speaking to an issue that's going to affect a series of people. I think someone's going to bring up uh, folks who are senior citizens, right, who are physically unable to do something. I guess I would ask Pete or others, um, what is the answer? Because um, the other concern, Pete, this from previous mm-hmm. debates for several years, is in a lot of people complain about the condition of sidewalks and uh, particularly in icy or snow, snowy conditions. And, and so the full 100% responsibility right now is on the town DPW. The town used to have a bylaw in the books years ago. It was never enforced uh, because essentially you had a lot of people saying, how could you possibly ticket somebody $25? Even for people that were, that were fully affluent enough or physically capable enough, who just didn't want to do it for whatever reasons, we didn't like a government regulation. Um, a lot of other communities, it doesn't work for everybody. And I'm not saying everybody has an app or a computer, but there are services out there where people can dial up and get a young teenager for money to come out and shovel sidewalks. I hold on, let me just finish, Pete. I, I respect that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We also have we had a theory at the last meeting too, where when you when homeowners come out or business owners come out of their place of gathering. Mm-hmm see each other and then know, like you do, of your neighbors, there's two people down the street or somebody that can't do it. Um, You know, that maybe that brings a better neighborly sense of like, oh, wow, I didn't know somebody was over there who was disabled or or had one leg and couldn't do this. I'm going to go chip in and be a better neighbor. Um, I'm not going to sit up here and even preach that somehow any one of us in this room has the right and wrong answer. These are definitely difficult decisions to make. What I would just say is, I think to to the EDC um, and others that may be listening or interested, I guess I just ask, like, how do we thread this nexus of clearly the job and the resources that the town has is not enough to appease public sentiment, and we've just went through a fiscal forecast that shows we're not going to have any more staff anytime soon in the DPW. Like, it's just not. We don't have the money to do it. again unless we go out and raise taxes somehow to pay for all of this. On the other hand, Pete's comments as well as Allie's and many others have differing opinions, but I, I agree with Pete. Like I got one email while we're sitting here watching this um, from down in Patrick's neighborhood saying, how are the elderly gonna deal with this, right? Mm-hmm. So this is this is the this is the tough this is the tough nexus, right? Like at some point there's gotta be a hope, some sort of balance to say, well, geez, the job's not getting done, the DPW obviously doesn't have the resources to do it, and we can't expect them to raise the resources soon to be able to do this. That requires, as we've discussed, valid initiatives to raise taxes, which are far from certain. And then on the other hand, your concerns are extraordinarily valid and for somebody that is gonna have that concern. I'd just say, Pete, we just said this before the meeting too, Brutus hasn't given out a ticket to somebody on this. It's really trying to encourage on the books people to be better than what they're doing. But the idea that there's, or even the fear that there's some sort of Gestapo that's going to come run around and start whacking people with tickets, it ain't happening. I understand it's on the books. I understand it can't happen. The fine is there for the repeaters who are intentionally saying, I I don't want to do anything about this. And I'm going to be anarchistic about it and just say, no, we're not going to do any regulation who have no issues with their bodies or or from age or any other issue. So um, I think we're open to all ideas and it's it's certainly not an easy uh, point to be able to solve.
6: May I? Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, Couple points in there. Uh, I'm a walker myself, I don't drive, so I do fully rely upon these sidewalks being cleared. It's very important to me. Having this issue solved is very important to me. If you leave it up to private interests, some folks will do it, some folks won't do it, and a lot of folks will do it at different levels. So if we leave it up to private interests, it's not going to be cleared. It's not going to actually make it into such a way that I can use it to walk. It's really a public thing. We have a Department of Public Works, and it's a public sidewalk, that where it needs to be rather than relying on private interest. And you said yourself that one of the solutions for this is to have people call up and hire somebody privately to go and shovel their driveway, shovel their sidewalk. What you're talking about is by proxy instituting a disability or old tax. For those of us that can't do it, we need to go get somebody else to do it or we be threatened by this law. Now, I, I understand that this law is not here to attack us, but I love my town. I take great pride in being able to follow as much of the laws as possible, and making it impossible for me to do so, or again, taxing me for my disability, seems, again, quite wrong. And again, the old folks as well, like, it's the same thing. Like, it's a disability tax or an old tax, and that's not a good solution, and even if we did it, it wouldn't make the clean sidewalks that we need. I mean,
1: through your chair you the same claim could be made if we went out to do an override to raise more money for uh, DPW employees to go fulfill the obligation that people desire, the service level that people desire.
6: That's also a punitive tax. But that's not leveled I, specifically against I, the Disabled I court. agree with that,
1: but unless you go for an override specifically saying one million dollars will be spent on this purpose that actually is doing the same thing and so it's just giving it's just doing it in a different format the bottom line is is more elbow grease more people more hours more staff public whether it's public or private i'm not disagreeing with pete at some point we're either going to work within what we have right or we're going to try to change the paradigm some way and this is not an uncommon paradigm right this is goes on in like literally almost all of Eastern Massachusetts. So this is not something that's just like pumped out of thin air that we just decided to do. This is a pretty routine thing. Go to MAPC, you can look at the toolkit. They have like about a dozen or two dozen examples of bylaws in there from communities that are our size. The Brooklines, Nor- you know, what, whatever comparably need it, you want to say. Um, and so, you know, I'm not saying it's easy. I don't want to be in a position, Pete, where um, you know, it's a situation where I'm like disagreeing or it's just simply yeah. we're trying to solve a problem. We, we, we both agree that we want to solve this, yes. And, and, you know, I think that, you know, it's a tough decision to make. Um, and this isn't necessarily the only strategy that can be employed to Pete's the point, um, you know, but i got to make sure the council is clear. We either need a new idea or the situation will stay the same. And maybe the status quo is okay.
6: It, if I may, how much would it cost DPW to perform these services adequately? Yes, rough estimation. I'm, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, sir.
3: Um, I, I couldn't because of, it, it's one of those variables it's, that we just yeah. don't know what winter's like. Mm-hmm. You know, Do you know
6: roughly what you spent last year on? Snowplow or uh, sidewalk clearing services?
3: Um, I could probably figure out the overtime numbers, probably in the. I'd probably say based. Well, last year's on the fair weather, didn't Oh, order. yes. I-, <laughs> I, would, I would say sidewalk clearing probably in the 150 to 175 range. And, okay. But that's, that's labor. Mm-hmm. And then we also have to make capital investments in um, the snowplow. The, 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 the equipment we use now the last one we bought what we got to use one and it's still 180,000 so you know they're just so expensive so it's it's, it, it's a lot to bring it up to that to the next level I mean I, I think what Jamie's trying to say is that you know there's a threshold of acceptance in town where we're at right now you know we've been doing it for a long time and you know folks in town are pretty good at they know it takes us a little while to get our sidewalks clear you want to make it better we have to figure out a way to do it. This is one of the tools that we just looked at to put out there, because the you know, other communities do it too. Um, it's a it, it's a tough thing because you know obviously, and, and I've I said this before, you know it frustrates me. The guys been working all night, and I always think more, the worst section for me in town when I go down, basically coming out of town, going to East Central Street, going over the hump, over to you know Franklin Ford that when I see people walking on the road out there, it just, it kills me. And I wish we had people, more staff to do it. We, well, eventually we do catch up, but it's tough. I Do I have the sympathy for, you know, one of the side streets, Evans? No, but when I see like 140 like that, that bothers me. So we, treat, we do try to get there as quick as we can.
0: Right, so. I've heard from people about this and they think that 12 hours is too long a time to give people to clear the sidewalks that they're business owners and they want their sidewalk clean they want the they want the owners of the buildings to come out and and get that sidewalk clean for them so um so there's that too right i mean there's there's definitely i i i think about what pete says and i'm thinking like yeah like this is why it's really difficult right because there are people i mean like i don't know if you own that property but like the if there are people that rent, then the owner of that property should be cleaning it for them. Like that's, I think that's probably what, yeah. Um, Pat? Your yeah,
3: question, now, is it law now for landlords, they have to clear the walkway in front of the house? No. No. I wasn't really sure about
0: it. Yeah, so that's like, it's.
3: I mean the walkway, like this front step or anything like that, no.
1: No, I, I, I think through my chair. I, I think to Patrick's question, to Pete's point, to Ali's comment, the last one, to your comments, Councilor Jones's comments. I think ultimately what we're all trying to do is try to make everybody be hopefully a better neighbor and be more alert to their surroundings. Um, you know, to understand that there's a problem that needs to be addressed. And. We're all just trying to be a little bit more alert. I I don't think that the, um, I I think most people are already doing this type of thing anyway. A lot of them are, but we've had some issues with people not doing long stretches of it and walking in the street. And so, you know, I I don't know. At some point, someone loses part of this debate,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. right? Either we do nothing, and somebody like Ali on the last com- last meeting we had may not be able to even get to where she's even going. Um, right. And other people who have canes or walk or whatever or elderly can't walk anywhere. They can't even go in the street. Some people walk in the street. Brutus has an infamous photo, right, Brutus, of that person yeah. with the perfectly cleared sidewalk walking down the street too. I mean, it's human behavior. We we can't. Referee right. it to the I fullest it. extent. But to Patrick's point, I think some people see sidewalks well plowed, and that's just on the business, the business is just doing that on their own to be a good business or a good neighbor, or mm-hmm. or to Brutus's point, they're already paying for the service, particularly out here on 140. Yeah. Um, so, But there is no law in the books requiring anybody to do
0: that as of today. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Councillor Jones? Uh, And then we're going to
6: go on a call. I guess, again, my question is, if the purpose is to clear the sidewalks, which I agree is completely vital, and we put laws on the books for the public to do it, for private individuals to do it, and we have these laws and we don't enforce them because we don't want to be dicks about it, that winds up leading directly back to where we are now with unsafe sidewalks. Brutus's figure for overtime and cost is just over $300,000. There are 33,000 people in this town. I'll give you my $10 now. You know, like it's, if we need it done, then we need it done. We cannot put these costs, which are going to be higher in the hands of public. You can't get a kid to shovel out your sidewalk for $10. No more, it's gonna cost more than that or put the physical danger in our hands. If we want it done, we should do it properly. Yes,
0: Thank you, Pete. Uh, Kobe? Oh, sorry, Glenn. <laughs> sorry, Kobe. Kobe, I was gonna go to Glenn. Glenn gave the seat up to, <coughs> the floor up to Pete. Well, just wanted to Thank you, sir.
5: Uh, I'm gonna be pro, con on a couple more things on this while I have the opportunity. Um, the Pro, I will say, before I get to the con, is that I, I do agree with one aspect of this bylaw in the sense that any private property owner who has let's say gutters, awnings, downspouts, anything like that is going to contribute to the slippery sidewalks like the awnings and the signage and, and the building slopes, etc., that, that are listed in 147.2. This portion I do agree about because that is something that we as a public entity don't have change. We can't go up and scrape the snow off. people's We can't go up and plug up their their, their drains to keep the water from getting on the sidewalk. That should definitely be a private property owner. This portion, 147.2, I do agree with. I think there's some portions that need uh, tweaking. Um, But now to the con part of it, and this is in regards to what's been so eloquently stated tonight, is that we the, the goal, or the hope, is to put this on the books so that we have it on the books, so that people understand there's a penalty associated with not meeting this bylaw, And the, and the fine, the proposed fine, is $50 for each offense, for each property owner who doesn't clear their area down. And Brutus, when, me, Madam Chair, through you, Brutus. When you drive past my house on any normal winter day after a snowstorm, is the front of my house
3: and the, and the sidewalk off. Yes, and yes. then we try to put more snow in here. And
5: I end up having nine, nine, nine ten foot snow banks in front yep. of my house and the kids like playing them. Well, that's fine. I can still handle it, even at fifty three. But that stretch I think is thirty five feet to be exact in front of my driveway, in front of my house. Um, I do clean it, but I clean it for two reasons. One is it's I just feel I'm obliged to because I'm able to. And the other thing is I have children. I live in the school neighborhood a lot of kids walking up and down the sidewalk, my children walk up and down the sidewalk, and my neighbors walking up and down the sidewalk. So I feel I'm obliged to clean that portion of the sidewalk in front of my house, which is fine. I have the capacity to. But I can't ask, I would never ask my neighbor next door, who owns the corner, who owns twice as much frontage on the sidewalk, to go up at her age and, and clear off that section. Of corners. I mean for two reasons. One is we all know that snow gets pushed on the corners and intersections, so the snow tends to pile up pretty well um, on those corners. Um, but I certainly wouldn't expect her at, at her age, I'll tell you what her age is, uh, to go out clean twice as much stretch as I have in front of my house on a snowy, rainy, icy day. It's, it's, it's just not, it's not gonna happen. So to, to play, again, devil's advocate on this one, is I think what we're going to find is that if we are threatening people, that's what this is, to fine them $50 for not paying, cleaning up their section of the, the sidewalk in front of their house, you're going to see people, say, people just simply say, okay, 50 bucks, that's cheaper than what it's going to cost me to pay for somebody to come and clear off 70 feet of sidewalk. They have fine, screw it, I'll just leave it. And I need 50 bucks and call it a day. It stays un it stays unshoveled, the sidewalks don't get cleared, and, and then they, they just basically give the, you know, the thumb back at the and that And that could be a common place for any stretch of, of the sidewalk that people have a significant amount of property on. or they just don't have the means to do it. And one other thing too is, and I'm gonna use myself as an example, just the most logical thing to do. I have my own resources that I use like for instance I go out and buy salt. I go out and buy salts that cost me money, it's 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 not not getting less expensive as the years go by. I'm I'm using my resources, my money (coughs) to take care of a section of the street or the sidewalk that for all intents and purposes I don't even know. That really at the end of the day I really don't need to put any of my money and any of my resources into clearing off that sidewalk, technically speaking. So, all right, let's say I do. Let's say I were to calculate how much it would cost for me to clear my driveway. It let's I won't use the electrician's rate because that's ridiculously high. So let's use the labor's rate. I'd say like twenty-five dollars an hour, it takes it takes me, without the help of my children, probably about two hours to effectively clear off my sidewalk, so you're talking $50 right there, plus salt, which could be an additional $25, upwards of about, let's say hypothetically speaking, $100 to clear off that sidewalk. If I did it myself, it's cheaper to take the $50 fine than it is to go out and quit a section of the sidewalk. You see where I'm going with this? It's the fact is that, that we're, what we're hoping people to do is to do the right thing. But there are just certain aspects, certain demographics, of our community, that we just we just shouldn't be sitting here saying, "Okay, we expect you to take the care of this portion of the public way at your expense, or you where or, or find a way to get it done." It's just I don't know. I just because it never I shouldn't say never, um, but there are portions of my street that take some time to get cleared up. And my neighbors do get to them, but I don't know. I just I do agree with keeping people from having the snow and having the runoff and having ways for ice to accumulate because the property is discharging off into the public way. That's probably the only portion of this I do agree with. And I think they should be fine if they don't prevent those things from happening. But I just find it difficult to be requiring property, the public
0: property. Thank you so Thank you Councilor Jones. I think the point was there for you to help your neighbor shovel her, her section. <laughs>
1: but <laughs> I Jamie. super quickly madam chair I think the irony of the debate and this I think goes on in other towns too the people we are concerned about and that Pete and others have spoken about and being concerned about those sub demographics elderly people with disabilities Kobe mentioned earlier people with low incomes who don't have other modes of transit etc are also the people that were concerned about putting a government regulation on
0: right. That's the you just hit the nail on the head.
4: So uh, thank you. <laughs> Councilor uh, Sheridan. Couldn't we
3: exempt residential or occupied? And that's where you get the businesses, you get the nonprofit churches that have you get the college, you get the nonprofit churches that always shuffled then walk and lot, and you get all the commercial people
1: it? You can. I mean, that's what actually the town, I think, at one point had before. It just wasn't on a map where the requirement was really putting that onus on commercial property owners only, which I think, again, we'll get into a debate. At some point, others may come in and say, well, why, why are we a business owner? Why do I have to? No. What if I'm Dean College, why do I have to do it? So my the person next to me on School Street is a Dean College property. They should do it, but the person on the other side shouldn't. And I think, again, then we get to a point of like connectivity, which is, I think, part of what the discussion was at some point, which is business plows, feels they are being targeted because they have more money, and then the resident stops for three houses, doesn't get done, and then there's this equity. and then. Brutus takes a picture of the person walking in the street again. Um, you know, and in some ways, I think to, there's an irony here where I think we're almost overthinking it all <laughs> and trying to realize that maybe the view from 30,000 feet is we're just trying to really find ways to better the sidewalk so that people who are most impacted by the lack of transportation ability or maybe have a, have more actual, actual equitable access. But, it's, it's a tough debate. <laughs> I mean, I just got an email from somebody who I know is listening says, This is unfair. We should either do the whole town or none of the town. So I think in everyone's going to have an opinion. Um, the opinions are going to be hundreds of different opinions on this. And if a bylaw were to go through, we're going to hear more of it. Right. But I think ultimately we have to try to see what the view from 20,000 feet is and see, you know, how do we try to make the sidewalks either these ones or
3: other ones better for, whether it's residential or commercial, because they're pretty unique. Right, right. And that's that's the problem we have here. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, and Jane brought up a good point. Originally, we started looking at it, and it was originally, hey, let's just do the commercial retail, because that would help, that would help to a (coughs) certain degree. But what are you actually getting out of that? And The the word that we love saying now is conductivity. And as Jamie says, it's like yeah, you go down and you stop and then you go back out there. So we're still pushing people into the road. So and that's you know evolved into this map. You know, it's not my map; it's our map. It's what we looked at, and it's seen the conductivity. You know, the high traffic areas, the the, the higher commercial areas. I mean, it is. But we're not asking people to do Kenwood Circle, right? You know, they got sidewalk up there, but you know that's what we do. So we we, we try to balance everything here together. And I don't. You know, I don't know what the right answer is, but I think everybody wants to just improve the timeliness of clearing sidewalks so people are safer on the road and how, <coughs> it's an intermingled type of thing, right, Jamie? It's just, yeah. it's, you know, time, throw, it's, it's a community effort. I mean, it is what yeah. it is. I mean, I think, yes, DPW's job. Maybe it's a resident's job. I mean, we just gotta kind of figure it out where we wanna be, so. It's hard.
4: Koby? Yeah, I wanted to thank Pete and just acknowledge like, you know, that, that's huge that we have that part of the conversation. Right? We, we can't just uh, go about this and, and ignore the fact that this is gonna have um, impacts on, on people and um, business owners and people that we care about and that are struggling already. And this is gonna have uh, some impacts. And, and there's really, there, there's certainly no uh, perfect answer you know, what, what we're talking about here is really a, a cultural shift, you know, and we had it. There was a time where, uh, of course, you shoveled the, par- the place in front, and that was heavily enforced, and that was just a key expectation that everyone's shoveling um, out front, and there was a time where our uh, downtown border was more vibrant than ever, and um, the most valuable properties were those, Uh, closest to it because um, that's where everything uh, was going on. We we went away from that. Uh, We, uh, I think, lost a lot of vibrancy and certainly it cost us uh, a ton um, to move away from that. And what we're trying to do is do this cultural shift back toward uh, where we recognize that we have such an asset in a downtown uh, transit option into town um, in a fairly walkable uh downtown and to start to do this cultural shift I and mean, we're doing it this is all edc has has been doing we're changing housing policy we're changing uh we're you know, talking about parking policies <coughs> certainly changing uh, business and, and economic development policies talking about changing dpw priorities and, and arts and culture and, and shifting uh the culture back and that uh comes at some costs and it's going to be hard and messy and i think uh, the you know the only real answer to how um, we make this a little better is the difference between and this is what I think Jamie's naming is the difference between sort of policy versus practice and we get to be we get to have policy that says hey here's the culture that we're uh, moving to uh, but in practice we get to be reasonable. In our implementation, as we figure out uh, the impacts that this has, as we spell out um, our expectations uh, for people, and that come—I mean—that cultural shift really does. You started to name some of them. It's—it's it's looking out uh, for your neighbors. It's uh, groups of volunteers uh, coming together. Uh, it's landlords having it within their uh, policy that they're going to cover. Um, you know, if you rent from them, they're going to cover the. Uh, sidewalks, you know, those cultural pieces come uh, in time. We get to be as sound, reasonable in our implementation uh, as we stay attuned to, yeah, changing um, our expectations of current uh, uh, owners and um, residents in that area. Um, and you know, we talked about the, the sort of messiness and how it's going to be, and, and part of that, you know, implementation um, evolution. Is is why I I still will name that. I think it's important, especially at the beginning, uh, that the town still uh, very much doubles back on uh, all of these uh, areas, right? Because it's going to take a while before uh, we're at a point where you know the sidewalks are just cleared, and and no can just expect that to be the case. You all set? I Think so. I think, uh, I think that's what I had. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no great answer for that. I think leaving you know, we're trying to set aims as to what Franklin's going to be, and everything needs to move um, in that direction. If we do it, uh, you know, if we only do one of it, we don't change the rest, then we end up destroying it. And, and exactly what he said, sort of uh, taxing people for uh, nothing more than. Their inability to you know, participate in um, some made-up uh, things that don't actually help them.
0: Thank you, Councilor Brundage. Is, is there anyone else that has any other questions, statements? Nope. I, <laughs> oh, I, I agree with Councilor Jones about uh, 147 too. For me, like. I I really care a lot about the maintenance of this of the sidewalks. Um, that's really the thing that I think about a lot. Is is that um, sometimes w- when we do plow into the, like the sidewalks, there's no way any of us could physically get rid of it. But once the TPW goes by, then we need to maintain it. Um, so I really like that. I think. Um, We'll have to change if we change some of these other things. We we'll have to think about this a little more. I think. Is everybody okay with that? Should I take a vote on talking about this a little or thinking about this more? Sorry, yeah. Just to back yeah,
1: yeah, we'll back yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, again, I through my Just really wouldn't vote on it, right? Right. Um, And you'd give us some instruction on like what you know. um, Go back to kind of drawing board and and kind of research some other ideas of what other communities have dealt with to address this issue, and see if there's any carve-out exemptions in code, or
0: okay, um, yeah.
1: If there's any um, kindness matters flyers that Mary O'Neill can come up with (laughs) to pitch to all the property owners to look out after their neighbors. You know, um, there's other strategies. try to look at Um, I think the question for the EDC is you know because it's a goal for the council for the session if you want to park the car just park the car so we can move on to the next topic before the end of the legislative session if you want us to come back at the September 20th meeting we can bring it back and try to report on if we found any solutions to you know the public comments we've heard tonight as well as the last meeting we're we're happy to bring back you know a couple weeks if there's anything else but I think just some direction from the group about whether or not we're going to kind of not deal with this for the rest of the session and pick it up next year or um, whether you want us to do a little more research and and do
0: it I I think um, I would like more research I think Kobe
4: He's muted, I think. I, I, yeah, sorry, i was struggling starting to find my, the unmute. I, 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 I'm personally prepared to um, advance this. I, it's, gonna, it's gonna be messy, it's going to um, be a shift and avoiding that just ends up maintaining a status quo that we're not satisfied with and that, that pushes us further from the type of uh, community. Uh, that we want. I mean, looking at other communities that have done this, Native, Marlborough, Norwood, North Reading, uh, Newburyport, all of them expect their downtown uh, owners to um, maintain a property. What do they all have in common? Yeah, they're, they're suburbs. They're pretty far uh, out from the city, but they have central downtown cores around transit, and they've shifted to a culture that um, expects that, and you know, again, the transition takes time, but I think it starts by advancing uh, you know a policy like this so if we need to take some time okay let's take some time but let's let's not uh fully table this uh, because this is this is one piece of the larger puzzle that we're trying to advance thank
0: you constable frangelo um i agree that we um that we can't just forget about it we don't want to just throw it drop it off but we um i i feel like i need to think about it more
3: uh we could do both,
5: move forward and ask for more information when the I think it's kind
0: of urgent. Uh, we, could, we could move forward to the council and then um, have more information that's true. I mean, I, we don't have to add, I think sometimes Councilor Jones doesn't re- remind us that we don't have to like discuss this forever at this level. No, sir
3: then if it's on the full council, it might be more
5: people,
0: public comment too. I think full so Is that a motion? I, I couldn't hear, sorry. Uh, like I'm talking to Patrick. Okay. Oh, sorry. 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 I'm asking if it's a motion to move the bylaw to the full council. That's
1: a motion. With, with more of me. I'm gonna just ask oh, him oh, if he's more, making a motion. Well, we, that is absolutely possible. We could do a little more research. Amy and I just talked really quickly about um, going back to the toolkit, talking to a couple of towns, doing a little research. Um, the state may also have some level of it because like there's a process to get a handicap locker, right? Um, right. And maybe there's a, a an area there for for a little bit of research and see if that's like a way to maybe exempt certain individuals, at least some, yeah. um, who so we could look at some stuff, you could still move it onto the full council. Okay. Yeah, i the motion that we move it to the full council and get more.
0: Is there a second?
4: Second. <laughs> <Racken.
0: laughs> okay, we'll do a roll call vote. Um Councillor Sheridan. Yes. councillor Jones. I'll move it just for further discussion. I don't okay. think we okay all right council frangillo yes chair yes let's move it forward for more discussion and more information about um exemptions thank you jamie thank you amy and jamie and brutus for all the work you did on this and with that i accept the motion to adjourn so move There's a second. Council Frangillo? Yes. Council Sheridan? Yes. Councillor
2: Jones? Yes. Uh, Chair, yes. Thank you. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.